Last week of the most nervous bumper video I've ever played in my sermon history month. Uh, So this is Walk This Way. This is the last sermon in this series. If you haven't been a part of this, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17 leads us into a transformation that takes place once we have accepted Christ and once we are living for him. And so that's what this whole sermon series has been about. And uh, so I'm excited to kind of continue that this morning. But let me say just a big thank you to Barry. How many of y'all were here last week. Man, you got a great message, a great message. I am so thankful for men of God that can step into this uh, pulpit, pub table, whatever it is, uh, and share the message of Christ uh, in such a powerful way. And so I'm thankful for him and for what he did last week. And so this morning, I want to just be honest with you. I know that you didn't get an extra hour of sleep last night. I can tell because some of you are looking at me like this. You better bring your A game today, Jeff. Okay, I got it. I got plenty of energy. I was off last week, and so I am full of energy for you this morning. Uh, But this morning, I want to start with a story. When I was younger, my brother and I, who's two years older than I am, uh, we used to fight a lot. Does anybody have a brother close in age? Any of y'all get along? Okay, so this was kind of how it went in our household. (coughs) Excuse me. We would go back and forth and we would fight. I mean, just continuously. And it seemed like the older that we got, the more harsh our words became. And so I don't know if you grew up in a household where being tough uh, was this kind of alpha male type scenario, but you sounded really tough the uglier the words that you used. So me and my brother got to this point and got to this stage in life where we would just say ugly, ugly, ugly things to each other just to let them know, hey, don't mess with me. Jeff's hardcore. He says a lot of ugly words. Anybody been there with me? None of you are going to admit it in church. We just spoke online three weeks ago, people. Okay. So in this setting, here's the flaw. We would get to a point And not realize that my sister, who is 10 years younger than I am, would go upstairs and she would begin to say the words that me and my brother used. Imagine us being 13 years old and her being three. And my mom would say, Joy, where did you hear these words? The boys... Down come the, have you ever, I grew up in the Midwest, so we have basements up there. And when somebody walks angrily downstairs, you know they're coming for you. So me and my brother would begin to go, you said this. And he'd go, you said this. And I go, look, if you'll take it this time. (laughs) My mom would come in and go, sit down. Who said that? Oh, that was definitely Jamie. (laughs) That was definitely Jeff. And so when we were younger, one of the ways that my mom would get our attention is she would wash our mouths out with soap. Can I just ask an honest question? Was that cruel and unusual? How many of you have had your mouths washed out with soap? How many of you remember it was that old dial soap? How many of you don't use dial soap in your household because it... (laughs) Listen, the worst advertisement for soap was this. So imagine 
Now, realize, putting soap in my mouth in no way cleaned the actual words that came out of my mouth, but it was this deterrent to help me understand not to say unclean words or not to say dirty words or not to say ugly things. I want us to consider this morning, do you need your mouth washed out with soap? This is not an offer. (laughs) This is just a hypothetical. We're not doing cleansings at the doors on your way out. (laughs) I thought about that, but I think we'd be here for a long time. I'm just trying to be honest. It's crazy that the acceptable norm that nobody regulates their mouth anymore. Nobody regulates what comes out of it. Nobody's concerned about it. I remember growing up in an era where on TV there were no cuss words. Does anybody remember this? Now it's a completely different understanding. I remember the phases of going, okay, well, we'll say these couple of cuss words, but we're not going to say the really bad ones. Look, the reality is our culture around us has changed so much. And it hasn't changed for the good. So I want you to evaluate this morning. Maybe you need a little bit of soap to kind of cleanse your mouth this morning. Realize the reason that this is important is because there is a transformation in us. As believers, once we have accepted Christ, we have transferred from the old life to the new life. When we live in Christ, that looks completely different, monumentally different than what we did before we were in Christ. To kind of tie it into this sermon series, we are walking in this new way for Christ. Now listen, this is a process. This doesn't happen immediately. This is a transformation, a time period that allows us to begin to grow in this way. So I want you to think with me that maybe this morning you're not where you need to be, but this is me challenging you to get there. To don't stop working on this area of your life. Paul does this and he shares this in a very clear perspective. He gives us this understanding of saying, hey, walk this way. Don't do this. And this passage is no different this morning. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29, the first thing that comes out, he says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. Now, it's interesting because immediately all the lawyers in the room begin to define that it wasn't corrupt what I said, it was truth. It wasn't corrupt, it wasn't anything that was corrupting anybody else. Listen, if you watch TV, you're already corrupted. If you're in this world, if you work in any environment, if you work around people, you are corrupted. So we immediately deflect and say, it's not my responsibility. Paul very clearly tells them, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. The word corrupt or corrupting is translated as spoiled fruit, spoiled vegetables, compost, if you will. So imagine this, that sometimes the words that are coming out of your mouth and continually flying out of your mouth are like rotten fruit, Now, I beg you to think with me and go to a grocery store and say, hey, I don't really like this fresh fruit. Can I have the garbage fruit? Now, listen, the only use that I can think about for this is banana bread. 
So you get your one pass on bananas, but the rest of the fruit, if it is used up, if it is old, it is corrupt. You don't want it. But yet for some reason, we allow this continual rotten fruit to pour out of our mouth. And I want to tell you this morning, it's nasty. It's got to stop. We as believers should reflect the image and the glory of God and what he says and what he wants us to do. I don't know if it's that quiet in here because you lost an hour of sleep or we're just getting to where the Holy Spirit's working. But I want you to be, I want you to be very honest and evaluate your words. I love that Paul clarifies for us and he says, I want you to understand what this corrupt talking is. So let me give kind of a laundry list so that there's no no confusion with this. One of the first things that's a problem for us are cuss words. Now, it's interesting because if you've watched any little videos or different things like that on uh, social media, you see kids cussing and it's really funny, right? But it's crazy. We, our kids are hearing this at a rampant rate. And listen, I understand that cuss words or swear words or whatever you call them are just letters that are formed into words. But I want you to understand here, the way society views a word is what causes the problem. And when they don't see any difference in the way that we talk, in the way that we act, in the way that we look, in the way that we uh, reflect the image of Christ, then what's the purpose? Why would I come to know Christ if nothing is going to change about my life? So when we think about the, the words that fly out of our mouth or the word, cuss words that come out of our mouths, we have to be very, very, very careful about what we allow coming out. Another tag under this, or under this is making light of harsh realities. It's interesting But if I say, what the H-E double cock, I don't know why it's okay to spell it, but not say it. Does anybody know that? (laughs) For some reason, these were spelled words in my household. Now, maybe it just took me and my brother a really long time to spell. And maybe we were out of this. But it's interesting that we'll use this. Listen, I want you to understand, making light of hell is a problem. You go, what do you mean? Here's what hell is. A serious place that is dark and gnashing of teeth and apart from Christ. That is not a casual place. So realize, sometimes we think about this and we go, man, I can say this one. But when people hear that term over and over and over and over again, it loses the significance of the place that it is. Can you imagine going, what the heaven? (laughs) You wouldn't say that. Why? It doesn't have the implication. Next one, sexual talk. Understand, this is a beautiful gift that's given by God for a husband and a wife. We degrade it when we make it something crudely that we joke about. 
Look, this is some of the funniest things and some of the things that are said. And listen, we've become adept and humorous to this. But the reality is, when we allow this to be coming out of our mouth continually, they don't think that we think much of our spouse. They don't think that we think much of the relationship that God has blessed us with. And look, it is really good for a laugh. But is our goal to see people laugh or to see people come to know Christ? The next one that falls under this corrupt communication, this corrupt talk, is mean-spirited talk. Listen, if there's one thing that's good that has changed from my culture to this culture is that nobody was worried about bullying in my era. (laughs) Anybody with me? But now there's a nationwide push of saying, hey, don't bully, don't speak ugly, don't do ugly things to people, don't treat others poorly. And listen, you wouldn't have lasted in my childhood. (laughs) But I will tell you this, for those of you that may not use ugly words, but you gossip continually and you degrade people with this judgmental attitude, it's no different. It's still corrupt communication. You say, man, Jeff, we're the ones that came an hour. We we could have slept in and missed this. Aren't you glad you didn't? (laughs) Praise God that you're here. Now listen, understand, as believers... As Christians with this new life given to us, we do not identify ourselves with the things that I just listed. And I love that Paul in his clarity gives this transformation and this understanding of what good talk is. And so realize that we are new in Christ. Ephesians 4.29, the second part says, let no corrupting communication come out of yourself, but only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Now listen, that first one, but only such as is good for building up. Now listen, when we build something up, we get excited, we share something with somebody, we encourage them. And listen, the only understanding that I have, and I don't know why, but I've been watching all the Rocky movies lately. Anybody watch these? Man, I don't know if just Netflix has started putting it on. My wife is traveling. Like when we travel, my wife drives now. So I just sit over there and watch a movie. Look, if that doesn't bring inspiration to you, I don't know what will. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, just. <laughs> How many of you just want to raise your hands and run up the top of the steps and just fighting back and forth and fighting back and forth and you're excited and built up. Listen, I entered the ring with Rocky every time. And I took every punch with him because I was there with him. Now in the movie, figuratively, not in reality, who would go against the Russian? That's a big dude. (laughs) Will build up. Evaluate your words. Do they build people up or do they tear people down? There you go. Wait a minute, Jeff. We should be honest in our criticism. Yes, we'll get there here in just a second. To build up means helpful. One of my um, flaws as a parent, as a husband, 
is when I'm right, I like everybody in the family to know. Anybody with me? And so it's really hard to make a mistake and to come back to me and me not go, tried to tell you. I'm the smartest man alive. You should listen. A couple amens on that. Deathly silent in here with the cuss words and all that kind of stuff, but what amen on that? Good. Constructive, encouraging, and yes, sometimes corrective. Listen, I want to build up the people that are around me. I love the next part of this that will fit the occasion. Now, now, let me show you just a cute little video of somebody fitting the occasion. Oh, I mean, how sweet is that? That the little boy laying next to his little sister, she begins to cry and says, it's okay, take a deep breath. It's interesting that he could have gone, hey, be quiet. And some of your kids probably have. But he said something that fit the occasion. Something that was timely. Something that held on to this. And something that made it comforting. Look, sometimes you can be right in the wrong situation and it turns out really bad. Understanding what it means to fit the occasion. Finding the appropriate time to have the conversation. Listen, when two people are mad, it may not be the time to tell them how wrong they are. When two people are fuming and going at each other, you need to take a pause and just say, hey, let's talk about this when cooler heads prevail. Look, the reality is with your kids, take the time to have the conversation. Maybe not embarrass them in front of everybody that's around them, but when it's you and that child, have the conversation that's needed to be had with them. Look, the reality is scripture tells us to find the right word to fit the occasion. Another part of this is that we need to be prepared to speak. We need to be prepared to take action. Not trying to embarrass somebody, not making someone look foolish. But listen, there is a time, a good time to have conversations. There's also a bad one. The next one will be gracious. I love how this ends. That it may give grace to those who hear. I want you to think. When people have a serious conversation with you, do they walk away and go, I'm so thankful that I talked to him or her? Or do they go, that was wasted minutes? That was wasted time. 
Look, I want you to understand that Jesus represented this in just about every interaction that Jesus was with, whether he was teaching, whether he was having an individual conversation with the woman at the well or Zacchaeus or anybody that he came in contact with other than the religious leadership, they walked away going, I am so thankful I listened to his words. I am so thankful that I was in his presence, that I listened to him speak, that when he talked, he genuinely cared about me. I think so many times when people come in contact with us, they walk away unchanged because there's nothing different that we could share. Listen, Jesus knew what words to say and the impact and the power that it would have on them. So let me tell you why this is important. You can notice that there's two glasses. If you pour water in each glass, they begin to look the exact same, right? The interesting thing is that when we offer to the world, we want them to see cleanliness. I love that, one, that the understanding of Scripture is that we have been cleansed from all unrighteousness, that we are a new creature, that we are a new creature in Christ. So listen, what begins to take place is people see God cleaning us up. They see God transforming our life, and we begin to grow in this. The problem is when we allow corrupt communication to come out of our mouths, it begins to change. And just think, no, it's dirt. If you want coffee, go out front. (laughs) Sorry, was that a timely word? But think about it. With every ugly word, with every degrading conversation, with every impurity that's reflected, and I think the problem is, and the thing that weighs so heavily upon me, is that nobody wants this. You couldn't make anybody in here drink this without paying them. And this is what we offer to the world over and over and over when what comes out of our mouth does not reflect the image and the glory of God. In our area, when it gets hot, and we look for a cool glass of water. It's refreshing. It's satisfying. It quenches the thirst. This is what we should be offering the world that's around us. Not this. Look, for far too long, we come to church on Sundays And this is who we are. 
But Monday through Saturday, the difference is we do this to everybody that's around us. And we wonder why the world around us is not rampantly coming to Christ. It's because the standard in the church has dropped so low that nobody cares how anybody sees us anymore. And I tell you, Paul is very clear. He's saying, walk in this manner. Walk worthy of Christ. Walk in a way that reflects him and you'll see what I do by the way that you offer to the people that are around you. But for some reason, we're satisfied just being unclean and dirty continually. Now I tell you that in a position of love and care. Let me tell you a few more passages of scripture that reveal this a little bit better. What your mouth, your mouth reveals your heart. In Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34 in the second part it says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Catch that. You say it's not really that important, but listen, what comes out of here is a reflection of what you think and how you believe and who you are. The interesting thing is that in this context, Jesus is speaking to the religious leadership. And if you read the first part and in this context, he actually calls them a brood of vipers, a bunch of snakes. He says, your actions don't line up with what's coming out of your mouth. He says, you're acting like you have it all together, but your mouth is continually revealing what is in your heart. And I tell you this morning, our mouths will very quickly reveal what is in our heart. We have to adjust this. Look, your mouth has to reflect the glory of God. Second verse, your mouth can destroy your testimony quicker than anything. Matthew chapter 15, verse 11. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a person. Think about a conversation that you had. And as you walked away, you wondered, could I ever share Christ with that person after what I just said? Could I share Christ with anybody after the words that are continually pouring out of my mouth? Listen, your words and actions share Christ or turn people away from Christ. An honest evaluation. Are you showing people the cleansing power of God? Or do you continually portray the ugliness of the world that's around us? Listen, there's a misconception that we have to look and act like the world to reach it. It's interesting that churches will buy into this understanding, but the reality is nowhere in Scripture is this laid out. It tells us that we are to reflect the image of Christ. The actual term is to be set apart. 
Listen, this doesn't mean that we recluse ourselves and don't live in the world. This means that we reflect Christ in everything that we do. The reality is this. If you don't look like Christ, they will have a really hard time truly knowing who Jesus is. So let me close with this. This last part in verse 30, it's kind of a weird verse to attach to these verses. But I think it reveals the heaviness and the weight of what this is. In verse 30, he kind of packages it this way. And he says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. In grieving the Holy Spirit, this means that we would embarrass or draw energy from. Let me explain it this way. When your kids act completely foolish, is it draining on you? Man, it wears me out. The same is with God. When you continually talk ugly, continually portray the wrong things, it is heavy on God. Because just as parents want to see their kids do well, God's expectation and desire of us is to do the exact same. Close with this. We should be eternally grateful for what Christ has done and willingly walk in the way that reflects Christ. I challenge you, over these next couple of days, over this next week, you've got the sermon notes in your hands. If this is an area of battle for you, it's time to take on a strategy that reflects the image and the glory of who God is. Look, I know that this is a tough battle, and some of you are looking at me going, this is something that I'll never conquer. I want to be honest with you. It's tough, but God will allow you to overcome this if you'll do your part. If everybody would bow their heads and close their eyes just for a second. As the worship team comes forward, I want you just to do an evaluation. Because by this point in the message, you've heard what scripture has laid out before you. I want you to evaluate what were your words this past week, this past month? What were some of the things that just came out maybe a little bit too quick? funny but we can't take them back but we can begin to change them I love what scripture says that our, our words should be seasoned with grace seasoned with grace that it gives grace to those who hear listen I want to be around people that encourage, that edify, that provoke, that build me up. And I know the world needs to see 
people that reflect his image and reflect his glory. Listen, this is walking in a new way, walking in a different direction so that people would see who Jesus is and the transformation that should take place in your hearts and in your lives as believers. Dear Father, I come to you humbled and thankful for the way that you love us. Lord, thankful for the conviction that you've laid on my heart and in my mind just in studying this message. Father, I pray that as we go out around the people that we're around, Lord, that they wouldn't see us as just like them, that they would see what the cleansing power of the cross can do for them. Father, for some reason, we've stopped working on this area and we don't talk about it in church much. Lord, may we reflect the image and the glory of you. Father, I love you and I praise you this morning. I pray that you would begin to work in our hearts. Christ's precious and holy name we pray, amen. If everybody would stand, the worship team is going to sing a song of invitation. At this time, as they sing it, this altar is open to you. Maybe this is an area of struggle. Maybe this is something that you need to pray about as you're sitting in your chair. But whatever the case, begin to reflect Christ in the proper manner and show the image and glory.